welcome to creating wealth through passive apartment investing podcast in this show we will discuss about best and worst experiences about passive and active apartment investing and i am your host ramakrishna let's begin the show today's our guest is todd miller from tightwardtod.com welcome todd Hey Rama, thank you so much for having me on. I'm I'm happy to be here and hopefully going to add some value to uh to you and your listeners. Thank you. A little bit about Todd. Todd experienced money coach with a demonstrated history of working in the professional training and coaching industry, skilled in budgeting, cash flow management and goal setting. Strong finance professional, graduated Kamlade with a BS in finance from the University of Florida. With that Todd, would you like to add anything to your background? Oh yeah. I guess before I got into uh the coaching space, I was uh, a mortgage banker for about 12 years. And through the course of my career, you know, I looked at thousands of people's finances and came to the conclusion that it really doesn't matter how much money you make when you're trying to build wealth. It really comes down to how much you're able to save and how much you're able to invest. That's really the key to building wealth. And um, you know, as I was looking through a lot of people's finances, it kind of reinforced the whole findings that were in in the millionaire next door that many high income earners you know the professionals that you see out there that maybe are executives or doctors and lawyers you know many of these people look very rich but they're far from it on paper you know when i was helping these people buy houses and refinance their houses you know a lot of them were had a, had a lot of debt and a lot of them you know struggled to pay their bills every month even though you know from the outside looking in it looked like they were very successful and you know drove nice cars and lived in big houses and that kind of thing so that just reinforced you know that the way to build wealth really comes down to living below your means so that you're able to save and that you're able to invest and so that's kind of the the approach that i took on my own personal journey towards financial freedom that if i was able to live on a budget and live below my means and save and invest then i'd be able to become financially free and that's exactly what i help my clients do today as well is find areas you know where you can reduce your spending in order to create more of a surplus and then you know once you have more of a surplus you can invest that and grow that and essentially achieve your goals quicker than you would be able to otherwise god and thank you and if you want to trace all your success to one thing what would be that and why Yeah, oddly enough, I think a lot of um a lot of success comes from or is fueled through the tough experiences that we go through. My first job out of college, uh, I was working for a Fortune Global 500 company and um and I was, you know, really proud of the the job that I had gotten, but unfortunately about 8 uh, months after I started working, I also got laid off. and that was a real tough time you know as all of my peers are you know entering into their uh their professional careers and I'm kind of on the sidelines a little lost not sure what to do but that's that really that tough period really made me sit back and kind of analyze where I wanted to go in life and what I wanted to do next and it also pushed me into pursuing everything that I could about personal finance come up with my dream of wanting to live free and be able to travel the world and go on bucket list adventures and you know have all these amazing experiences because when it comes down to it to me you know your most important resource is your time not your money so for me i was i've always been about maximizing my time and and going and doing the, these things and having these experiences to me were always a, a higher priority than necessarily getting the next promotion or you know making another $10,000 or something like that to me being able to have these experiences is what would really truly add value to my life. 
Awesome. And thank you. So what do you want to share more about your bucket list and how, where exactly you are? Yep. So uh, over the years, you know, I've been lucky enough to travel uh, throughout the world. I've been on six continents, haven't made it to Antarctica yet, but uh, will at some point. And once once I achieved my dream of financial independence, my reward for myself was to really take a year and go do some traveling uh, with my fiance at the time. And uh, so she and I uh, headed off to Europe and we spent about three months in Europe. We walked uh, 500 miles across Northern Spain on uh, the Camino de Santiago. And that was a really, really cool experience. We got to um, go and, and watch part of the Tour de France with some of our friends. And then eventually we also headed over over to Southeast Asia, where I got to surf on some world-class surf breaks in Indonesia. We did some really cool uh, motorcycle trips around Northern Thailand. Got to spend about six weeks in Bali, just kind of hanging out, being bums. And uh, I really just do all these things, you know, and explore the world that I'd always dreamed about doing. So just a really, really cool experience. But while we were kind of goofing off, I knew that uh, when the trip ended that, you know, that I wouldn't be able to just sit around doing nothing that, you know, I wanted to give back to the world in some way, shape, or form. And to me, the best way that I could do that with the skills and things that I had learned was to, to share things that I had learned in the personal finance space with others so that others can achieve their own dreams, essentially. You know, a big part of being able to live the life of your dreams is having the, the money and the time to be able to do that. So my next, my, my goal now is to really help everyone else figure out how they can live out their own dreams and enhance their own lives. Got it. And thank you. And so would you share your thought process about personal finance and how to gain control of personal finances? Yeah. So, you know, I know your audience is um, is a lot of multifamily investors. So maybe one way to really approach it is uh, is to kind of pair or uh, multifamily and personal finance, you know, uh, in multifamily, of course, you're collecting rent. And in the realm of personal finance, you know, that's really your income. And then, you know, you have your expenses that you, that you have to pay. So that would be, you know, like your fixed expenses, you know, it could be your mortgage, you know, your property management. And same thing in personal personal finance, you know, you're going to have your mortgage expenses and car payments and, and things like that, that you really can't negotiate. But then you also have your variable expenses, which are, you know, maybe you uh, decide to upgrade certain units to, uh, you know, a higher standard than others, or, you know, you have different levels of finishes that you can put into your property. And same thing in personal finance, you know, you can choose to go on, you know, an extravagant vacation, or you can, you know, maybe do something that's not quite as extravagant and save a little bit of money. But really, the whole goal of, of investing in multifamily is, is to maximize your NOI. And that's the same thing in personal finance is you're trying to maximize your savings. And that's going to be a different answer for everybody. You know, some people are, you know, much more willing to cut out certain expenses and, and save in favor of being able to achieve their dreams earlier. And others are, aren't going to be as willing to do that. And that's okay. Everybody's on their own path, but it is, you know, it's, it's one of those necessary things to building wealth is to have your savings. Sure, sure. And thank you. And what is your investment philosophy, Todd? 
Yep. So I guess starting off early, um, I think most people kind of start investing in things like, you know, like stocks or dividends to kind of start building up your passive income. And then maybe you move into the single family space. And, you know, most people that, that are buying single family homes are self-managing those, which can be time consuming and, you know, a big headache. And my dream was always to figure out how I could travel the world and not really worry about these things. So, you know, I was always looking for more passive things, things that I could, where I could just kind of sit back and collect a check. And, you know, if I was surfing in Indonesia, you know, it wouldn't matter. The money would still come in and I wouldn't be hassled with getting phone calls or anything like that. Because again, to me, you know, your time is is the most important aspect of life is protecting that. So for me, I, I initially started out in the single family space and, you know, bought a, uh, a bunch of rental properties and rehabbed them and, and operate my own little portfolio there. There, but that's time consuming to a degree. So I was looking for other options on how to make passive income and um, got into a little bit of, uh, of private lending and eventually some some small multifamily properties. And now, you know, I invest in, in really large uh, multifamily deals of hundreds of units um, as a limited partner that really don't require any of my time. And I just kind of, you know, collect my monthly check and go about my life. And it uh, doesn't matter where I am or what I'm doing, you know, the money always comes in and, um, and that's more of my philosophy now is how can I use my money to continue making money, but without really taking up any of my time. Sure. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Would you share any best practices investing passively? Yeah. So, you know, the three main parts for a passive investor is really going to be the market, the deal sponsor, and then of course the actual deal. So for me, those are the three things that you really need to look at. I identified the Texas market a number of years ago that I was really interested in. And as I was looking around at different cities and things like that, I was also networking with different partners to see, you know, where they were investing and kind of their expertise. Since a lot of these guys are the boots on the ground and really know the local market. Market. So I ended up connecting with uh, with a couple sponsors that I really liked, and um, and then as they send me, you know, whatever deals they have coming up or that they're looking at, then you know I can kind of do my own underwriting and see if I agree with their models and what they think that they can achieve throughout the course of the investment. And if I, you know, if I like what they're doing and, and it makes sense, then I'll invest with them and kind of move forward. But really, for me, I think uh, I think the market is is really important is to find a good, strong, growing market and kind of invest invest from there alongside a good sponsorship team. Got it. And thank you. And you have some experience in managing uh, properties through virtually, right? I do. Yep. Yeah. So would you share your experience of increasing ROI through virtual property management and also some best practices tips? Certainly. Yeah. So um, I do have a small single family rental portfolio that I do manage. But again, when I was setting up my business, it was all about, you know, trying to make the passive income and being as hands off as possible. And traditional property management in the single family space can be quite expensive. You know, you're probably talking somewhere in the neighborhood of eight to 10% of your gross income. And then they're also going to, you know, put some fees in there, you know, like a, um, a tenant placement fee, renewal fees and things like that. And that just seemed really, really expensive to me. You know, if you have, if you're making, uh, let's just say $10,000 gross 
on um, on your rental income, then you know you're probably paying out about a thousand dollars or so a month, which is quite a bit of money, and really affects you know um, your return on investment. So I started looking for ways that I could essentially lower that cost, and I ended up coming up with a solution of um, creating my own little small property management business where I hired a, a virtual assistant to kind of handle a lot of these things for me. So all of my phone calls, um, you know, maintenance requests and everything kind of gets routed to an inbox that my virtual assistant is in charge of. And if a maintenance request comes in, then they have a list of my preferred vendors that they then contact to have the maintenance requests handled. And then they kind of follow up with them along with all of my rents um, are deposited through like Venmo and Cash App and things like that. So all of the receipts get to the get sent to this inbox where we have a, a shared Google Drive that they kind of keep tally of, of all the rents. So I always know where, how rent collection is going and that sort of thing. And that's really worked out very well because not only um, have I found a, a good person to help me, but it also saves me, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of dollars every month. And again, helps me to, to take that money that I'm saving and go ahead and invest it in other deals and continue to have my money working for me. Got it. And thank you. Thanks for sharing that. And would you share any of your best multifamily or real estate investing experience so far? Yeah, I've had uh, had quite a few. In some of the projects that I've invested in, the sponsors have been able to uh, outperform their projections and have gone through a couple of refinances where they've been able to uh, return a significant portion of the initial investment. And that's gone ahead and of course, increased uh, the ROI on the projections and have also, since they've returned initial cash, allowed me to go ahead and invest in more additional multifamily projects, as well as, you know, continue to lend money out privately as well. So it's been uh, been a really good experience uh, from that standpoint. Got it. And would you share any of your worst or challenging experiences in multifamily or real estate? Yeah, I'd say the the most challenging that we've come across, of course, is going to be COVID related um, in that, you know, there was definitely some scary times 2020 as far as, you know, rent collections and, you know, were people going to continue to pay their rent and that sort of thing. But I've all, I found that the, the sponsorship groups that I work with, they're very communicative. So, you know, especially last year, they would, you know, send out a couple emails a week, just kind of telling their group how rent collection was going and and kind of what the state of, uh, of the economy was in their particular market and what things were looking like. So that was a bad experience overall, but they kind of turned it into a good one because, you know, they were, they put your mind at ease and let you know that, hey, we're facing these challenges, but we're here, you know, this is the forefront of our mind. We're trying to protect, you know, your investment and make sure that this, this works out good in the end. So I think that's something else that people should be looking at when they're looking and interviewing sponsorship groups is, you know, how often do they communicate? Some, you know, prefer to communicate on like a quarterly basis, some, you know, more on like a bi-weekly basis and others on a monthly basis. So, you know, that's, that's something to consider. And of course, every investor is going to be, be different as far as how much they want to know and, and how often they want to be contacted about what's going on with uh, the properties they invest in. Got it. And what is your current focus and share something you're excited about now, Todd? 
Yeah, I think there's there's lots of stuff to be excited about right now. You know, there's certainly a big population shift going on in the United States. It seems like a lot of people are moving south in some way, shape, or form, whether that's uh, to like the Phoenix area, the Texas markets, and of course, Florida. I think everywhere that you, you really look, that's more of a uh, sunshine state that has favorable tax tax codes and things like no state income tax. That seems to be a great place for people to to be investing right now as the population shifts and um, is looking to, to change, you know, maybe the lifestyle that they've had and being able to, to work remote is certainly help accelerate that as well. Got it. So any one advice that impacted you at all? Yeah, I'd say the biggest impact I've had over my investing uh, career is that uh, early on, I found a, a mentor. I found a, a guy here in my local market who helped me really look at uh, at single family homes. And he would, you know, kind of take me through his process as far as what he did in order to, you know, buy a good profitable deal and reduce his risk. And so I kind of took his model as far as, you know, this is how you underwrite your single family homes when you buy them. And if you do this, you know, this, there's a good likelihood that you'll be successful. So I kind of followed his advice and, and that's, you know, how I was able to be successful in the single family space. And the same thing with multifamily. You know, I, I found some people that were that were doing it and that were investing in it and really just, you know, took the time to sit down and talk to them and learn from them and then, you know, use their their best practices. And then that's allowed me to be, you know, successful ever since I entered that space as well. Got it. So any of your personal habits that helping you to be successful? For me, um, I've always followed a pretty strict morning routine, maybe maybe to a fault sometimes, but um, I like to to get up and do a little meditation and a little workout, and that kind of you know sets me up for the day, um, allows me to really think clearly and and kind of attack the day as far as what I want to to get done and what I want to learn that day. So I would just I would tell your listeners, you know, if you can can establish a strong morning routine that you're unwilling to break, then that'll help set you up for success. Cool. So any one book that impacted your life and what way? Yeah, I'd say the two most uh, impactful books for me, uh, the first one would be Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Of course, um, you know, learning that you didn't have to go to a job for, for the next 30 or 40 years in order to be able to retire. That was quite impactful. And then the other one was really the four-hour work week and knowing that you didn't have to, to work 40 hours every week, that you could, you know, maybe do things different than, than the way we're taught and the way that we're brought up through school, that this is the path that you take, that, you know, there's, there's there's ways to leverage your money and leverage your time um, so that you don't have to work, you know, 40 hours a week or 40 years. So both of those had a huge impact on me. And I was fortunate enough to, to read both of those at a young age, which kind of got me down, down the path of, uh, of the wealth building process and, and being able to achieve financial freedom. Cool. Both are like powerful books. Yep. And how are you giving back to community, Todd? Yeah. So right now, of course, um, you know, part of my giving back is helping people with their personal finances and helping them figure out how they can use their money in a more effective way to accomplish their dreams. Uh, but I'm also involved in a number of nonprofits here locally in Jacksonville. 
uh, I'm on the board of a, an organization that is uh, in charge of helping underprivileged families around, uh, around Jacksonville, specifically during the Christmas time, and that we like to um, distribute you know, food, um, school supplies, clothing items, and books, and that sort of thing to, uh, to make sure that you know, people are, are taken care of and have some of the things that they need throughout the year. So that it feels really good um, to help out my local community and, and something I'm, I'm looking forward to, to helping to grow and, and expand our impact on. Awesome. And how can listeners can connect with you? Yeah, so the best way to connect with me is probably on my website, uh, tightwadtod.com. And this website is really all about um, figuring out how you can maximize your money. So the tightwad part of me likes to uh, focus on reducing my expenses, um, you know, figuring out different ways that you can save. And again, you know, the, the more money that you're able to to save is is really key to the wealth building process because it, it allows you to have that much more money to invest and essentially allows you to achieve your financial goals uh, that much faster. Awesome. And thank you, Todd. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for adding value to the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Rama. Take care. Thank you. If you like the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And if you want to connect with me, please send me a message info at ushacapital.com. Thank you for listening. Creating Wealth Through Passive Apartment Investing Podcast. I hope you learned something from the show. See you in the next episode. Thank you. Any information provided from these shows are educational purpose only. As always, please consult with your own CPA, legal and financial advisor before investing.